Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. In a, uh, a teaching series uh, called This Transforming Life, it's a three-month teaching series where we're really breaking down uh, what it means to have this kind of transforming life that we talked about a moment ago with Jesus. And I'm so excited because today we're going to talk about how prayer works in our transforming life with Jesus. More specifically, why prayer matters, why we pray in this life with Jesus. And so I thought just to kind of get a, a feel for the room, we do a quick little poll. And all you have to do is raise your hand. So if this is true of you, what I'm about to say, then you just raise your hand if that's you. Okay. So talking about prayer. If this is true of you, raise your hand online. Just put a little hand emoji in the comments if this is true of you. Raise your hand if you are killing the game when it comes to prayer. Like you are crushing it. Like when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it has your picture next to it in the side notes. Like honestly, if anything, you're praying too much. Raise your hand if that's true of you. If that's, no, no one? Okay, how about this? Raise your hand if you've ever gotten stuck in prayer, if you've ever gotten stalled out in prayer, if you've ever hit a snag in prayer, if you basically say, I suck at prayer, go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, that's where the majority of the room's at. That's all of us actually. All of us face times where we get stuck in prayer, where we don't exactly know what to do, where we hold this dual desire and defeat when it comes to prayer. I want to pray, I want to pray more, but I'm not praying enough, I'm not doing it right. And I, I love the way that the famed uh, uh, Welsh theologian, Martin Lloyd-Jones, he, he had these two kind of juxtaposed positions about prayer. And I love, I, I love this, so I thought I'd put it up on the screen. He says about prayer that it's the supreme expression of our faith in God. Prayer is the supreme expression of our relationship, our faith in God. But he also said this about prayer. Everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. It's hard. It can be hard, right? Prayer can actually be hard. Anyone ever felt that way? Like, like, you know it's important, you know how powerful it can be, but you just don't feel like you're doing it enough or you're doing it consistently enough or you're doing it right or you're doing it like them or you're doing it like you should be. I think we've all felt that because, because anyone who's actually set in their heart to pray has found it hard to pray. Let's just be honest with that. You're not the only one. If you've ever set out in your heart to pray, to have that connection with God, we have all found it hard to pray. That's me that's Jeannie, that's our whole staff, all of our elders, shoot, even our prayer team would tell you that sometimes prayer can be really hard. And what I'd love to do is just, if I could, is if, if you've ever felt like, man, yeah, prayer's just hard, it feels hard for me, I feel stuck, can I just offer a contrary thought into our common thinking about prayer? What if, what if God didn't make prayer hard? What if we did? <laughs> I mean, I think we think, oh, it's so hard. I don't know how to do it. But what if it's, what if God didn't make prayer hard? What if we did? Like, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I made prayer hard. I do it every time I judge myself against someone else. Every time I feel bad about myself for not doing it right, not doing it enough. I'm the one who makes it hard. I'm the one who does that. See, so often what we do is we overcomplicate prayer. And in so doing, we undervalue the role that it can play in our lives. We make prayer hard when we forget what prayer is actually ultimately for. That it's not just some spiritual practice or some spiritual discipline or some box to check or something to perfect, but ultimately all that prayer is is your way of connecting with God. 
It's how you engage in relationship with God. Prayer is one of the primary ways you pursue relationship with God. That's it. And I would say, however it is that you feel about prayer today, whatever it is that you may feel about prayer, I would say that your relationship with prayer actually reflects your relationship with God. Like if you think about it, however it is that you feel about prayer, oh, it's hard, I don't know how to do it, I just don't do it enough, that reveals, that reflects something about just, if you're being honest, where you're actually at with God in this now moment. It reveals the type of relationship that maybe you have with God. Maybe it's a a transactional relationship. All right, God, just give me this and then I'll do this thing for you. Or, or maybe it's a bailout kind of relationship. Like God doesn't ever hear from you until you're totally in trouble, right? Or, or maybe it's something where it's kind of new and fumbling your way through kind of relationship. I, I would say that how you feel your relationship with prayer reveals something about your relationship with God. Because the way it's that way that you communicate that says it all. So I I would say like for you to think about what is your relationship with prayer? How is it that you're engaging with God? Because think about it. If you, like just think about how this is true in your everyday life. The way that you talk, how that reveals something. Like if you were to text your landlord right now, you you might use some different language than if you were texting your boss. You might use some different language than you were, if you were texting your landlord. Or then you were texting your partner or your spouse. If you were texting your partner and your spouse, it might sound different than how you text your boss or your landlord, right? And you get to use babe in only one of those three categories. So choose wisely. <laughs> Why? Now, the way that we're texting with them, it reveals something about our relationship with them, how we see ourselves in light of them. That's, that's what prayer actually is. It is a revealer of your relationship with God. So I would just ask you, What's your relationship with prayer like today? If you were to be really, really honest, what's your relationship with prayer like today? And what I would ask you is, what do you want it to be? How do you want to see God grow you? How do you want to feel and grow closer to God through prayer? How do you want to see prayer transform your life? Because honestly, that's the point where Jesus' disciples were at some 2,000 years ago. They, they watched Jesus and they saw the way that he prayed. And, and, and more than that, they saw not only his relationship with prayer, but they saw his relationship with God through the way that he prayed. See, they had all grown up having prayers that they recited and they said certain times of the day and certain times of the week and certain times of the year. But there was something about the way Jesus prayed that was so different. It revealed something about his relationship with God. And so he, they asked him, when you teach us how to pray, and what Jesus gave them was not only a way to pray, but what I believe is He revealed why it is that we pray, not just a way to pray, but why we pray. And it's found in Matthew chapter six. So if you have a Bible with you, I'd love for you to open to Matthew chapter six. Go ahead, everyone grab a Bible. There should be one right under your seat. If you're in this room, if you're online uh, and you wanna open up a tab or use your phone, or maybe you prefer that, maybe you brought your Bible. It's Matthew chapter six in the Soul City Bible, page 787. 787, that'll just fast track you right to the text, page 787. Now, some quick context as we pull into Matthew 6. This account is also recorded in Luke chapter 11. It's early on in the, in the ministry years of Jesus. He had called his disciples, but they'd only been with him for a little while. And again, they saw his relationship with prayer. They saw his relationship with God and they wanted it. They wanted what he actually had. And so what Jesus gives them is a prayer that we've all come to call the Lord's 
prayer. Just raise your hand if you've ever heard of the Lord's Prayer before. Right, you don't even have to be all that religious or churchy to have heard of the Lord's Prayer. If there were a greatest hits of prayer, the Lord's Prayer is holding that number one spot. Like this is a prayer that's recognized around the world. Both children and adults know it. It's been studied, it's been examined, it's been memorized. It's been sung for some 2,000 years. Like I told you all before that I grew up super churchy, churchy. Like I was at church like six days a week. Like I was a professional Christian growing up. And in my church growing up, we sang the Lord's Prayer. Did anyone ever go to a church where you sang the Lord's Prayer? Oh yeah. And you had to use the thys and the these and the thous and that. And I, I loved when we would sing the Lord's Prayer because it would just ramp up and ramp up and ramp up until it got to that point where thine is the kingdom and the power. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the organist is sweating and trying to keep up with it all. And it's like, oh man, this is like, that got me hyped back in the day. That's, that's how cool I was. And so I grew up with this verse. I was very, very familiar with this verse or with this, with this prayer. But what I was not familiar with was what was behind it because this prayer that Jesus gives didn't come from some song. It didn't come from a, a three-point sermon. It didn't, didn't come from a book. It came from a deep place in him. It came from his relationship with God. And he decided to share it with those he was in relationship with. So I thought it'd be worth us looking at today. Matthew chapter six, verse nine gives us the Lord's prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then this little part was added, it was found in later manuscripts for for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, this is such a significant verse. And like I said, I grew up singing it. I grew up memorizing it. Maybe you're familiar with it. But I never stopped to pay attention to what it was that Jesus was really teaching us here. Not only the way, but the why behind prayer. So I thought we could just take a moment and just kind of walk through it and see what's really going on here. That first line, there, there's two words that, that it starts off with in this, in this Lord's Prayer. The first two words are our, what, our? Our Father. That's where Jesus starts. Those two words are incredibly important in this prayer. Our Father. What Jesus is, is saying to us, inviting us into, is that you actually are in a relationship with God. You can relate to God. He acknowledges who God is and then where God is and how it is that we come to God. But that, those two words, our Father, reveals an intimacy, a familiarity, that God is not some, some cosmic force or some distant deity, but he's your God. He's your perfect parent. Regardless of whatever your parents may have been like on earth, you're in a relationship with this God. You are his child, and he's your perfect parent. And he then uses those words that I'm sure you have not ever used before in your life. Hallowed be your name. Just when's the last time you used the word hallowed? No, any restaurants here in Chicago, hallowed? No one, no, no one even knows, no one ever, this is the most bible word in the world. What does hallowed mean? It means holy. It means set apart. It means other than. So it's so interesting juxtaposition that, that Jesus says you come to God intimately in relationship, but just remember, Holy, sacred, set apart is this God, that he is bigger than you think and yet closer than you could imagine. I mean, that's just in the first, that's the first line. How beautiful is that? He goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is 
in heaven. Jesus is teaching us that we're to ask for, that we're actually to expect God's kingdom, his will, his way in our lives and in our world. That it's not merely some future hope expectation thing, but it's a present manifestation thing and it's happening in you, that you actually bring the kingdom of God to earth, that you bring God's perfect ways to the imperfect ways of this world. So it's, it's start, he starts with God. God, our Father, hallowed, holy, sacred, set apart. It's your kingdom, it's your will, it's your way that ultimately I want. But then Jesus brings it in. And he says, give us today our daily bread. Jesus is teaching that we can we can ask for and expect God to provide for every one of our needs. He doesn't, he doesn't say, hey, God, maybe if you get around to it. <laughs> he says, give us. Give us today our daily bread. Now, what's Jesus referencing here? He's referencing Exodus 16, the story of when the Israelites were brought out of captivity in Egypt, and there was a time when they were wandering through the wilderness, and God provided them food that literally fell from the sky. You should read it. It's a crazy story. It was called manna, and this bread would appear in the morning on the ground, and they would scoop it all up, and there would be enough bread for everyone. And what God taught them in that moment is, you don't have to worry. I'm going to take care of you. Every single day, I will meet every one of your needs. Don't worry about tomorrow's bread. Don't hold on to yesterday's bread. I got just what you need just for today. And you can count on me. You can count on my character to always meet every one of your daily, real-time, actual needs. Jesus shows us that when we pray, it is okay to ask God for what we need because we know that he knows more than we even do, in fact, and he will provide. Jesus keeps it kind of focused on us for a little bit. And he goes on to say, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus moves from requesting to repenting. So God give us and then God forgive us. Isn't that beautiful? God forgive me. It's a beautiful little little shift there. God forgive me. Now, this would have been shocking in Jesus' day because up to that point, honestly, For thousands of years, the only way to receive forgiveness of God, ultimately established by God, was through a proxy, was through a priest, was through a sacrifice, was through a system. And so if you wanted God's forgiveness, you had to go to someone to ask God for you on your behalf. And what Jesus is saying here is, no, you can go straight to God. I'm the high priest now. And because of me and my sacrifice, which hadn't even happened yet, you had access directly to your father in heaven to ask for forgiveness for whatever keeps you from relationship with him. Shocking in that day. You can just go to God and ask for it and receive it in real time? Yes. And then Jesus goes on to say one more thing that we don't like to hear. As we also, past tense, have forgiven. We don't like any of those words. Because what he's saying here is, no, it's not just about asking for forgiveness, it's also about offering it to others. Boy, Christians love to ask for forgiveness. They get real stingy with giving it. But that's the rhythm. I ask God for everything that I need that will be given to me, and then I ask to be forgiven of anything that's gotten in the way, and I offer that forgiveness to others. I offer that in relationship with others. And then it goes... He goes on to say, and lead us, you know, still focused on us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What Jesus is teaching here is that God will guide and guard your life from whatever may take you away from him. James 1.13 tells us that it's not God who tempts us, but that there actually is an enemy who is out to literally destroy your life. And that there is a God who's here to protect you, to rescue you, 
and to redeem you when you do fall off his way, his will for your life. And then this last little part that I mentioned was discovered in later manuscripts, this little bonus. So Jesus has brought it into us and our lives and he goes back out and he says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, all of it forever, amen. I love that Jesus ends this prayer where he began with God with the greatness of God, the bigness of God, that the God of the universe is ultimately who it is that you are talking to in this moment. That this same God who is hallowed and holy is here, who's sacred and set apart is listening, is with you, speaking to you. That God is not only in you, but interested in you. So he starts big, God, glory, brings it into our lives, then brings it back out to the bigness and the greatness of God. How just, can we put the, how brilliant is that? In just a few sentences, the genius of Jesus to give us this full way of praying, but yet it's so simple. It's powerfully profound and yet surprisingly simple. He gives us this un cluttered, uncomplicated way of praying, a way that we can pray even when we don't know what to say. It's beautiful, actually. It's so much better than just something you memorize and recite off or say every now and then when you go to church. You know, when I was a kid, I said I grew up in church. And when I was a kid, we had to memorize it in this prayer. And so it was one of the first things I memorized, I committed to memory. And so I'd memorize it and then I'd say it on Sundays and get a sticker. It was a wonderful system that they'd established. And so I'd say it and get my sticker or whatever it is. And, and that's, I had no idea, it's no one's fault. No, no one did this intentionally. I had no idea though how that memorizing and reciting of that prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, will be done, 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 done. I had no idea what that was doing to form and shape my relationship with God. My relationship with prayer was you say the thing that you're supposed to say that you memorized, you check the box and you're done. And maybe it wasn't the Lord's prayer for you. Maybe you had a prayer at your table and your family may not have even been that religious. Did anyone have a prayer that they prayed before a meal? Like commonly like, God is great. God is good. Thank you, God, for this food. Never quite, so slant rhyme there. Didn't quite rhyme, but maybe you had a prayer. And that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But what happens when all I'm doing is just reciting the thing from memory rather than feeling and living into it in that moment is that I'm not bringing myself to it and I'm missing God in the midst of it. And that shaped my relationship with God for years. God was a box to check for me. Make sure I go to church. Make sure I said my prayer. Got to read that one verse. Okay, good. Got it. Got it. Move on. Now I get to the rest of my life. Imagine though, imagine if if in any one of the other relationships in your life that matters, if you came with that same energy, if you came with that same attitude, anyone in your life that you ultimately care about, imagine if you showed up to them with that same, like imagine if I, Every morning when I saw Jeannie, we wake up together, when we go to bed together, if I just said, hey, babe, you look lovely. Thank you for being my partner. Thank you for making sure that there's daily bread in the fridge. Forgive me for what I said last night when I was hungry. And I forgive you for being wrong in that argument. You are great. I love you forever. Now, those of you who know my wife, 
how well do you think that would go over, Zoe? How is that going to go? It's not going to go very long, is it? That's not how I would treat my wife. I wouldn't talk to her with some memorized, rote little prayer that I had off the top of my head. No, what I bring to my wife, the, the person that matters the most to me in this world, is I bring myself. My highs, my lows, my fears, my failures, my frustrations, my joys, my gratitude, my grieving, all of it. And whether she wants it or not, whether it's at a scheduled time or not, it's usually not. It's just in the flow of our life and our relationship. And if you were to read our text message thread, you'd see it goes all over the gamut of love and appreciation to who's picking up Gigi at volleyball to, man, I'm really struggling with this. I mean, it's because that's what we do in the relationships that matter most to us. We bring ourselves, not some stale words. That's not... That's not what Jesus was, was giving us here, some simple thing to memorize. He was giving us a way to relate to God, a way to pray. And if you had to, to boil down past all the, the beautiful imagery and the wonderful words in that prayer, if you had to boil down the way that Jesus is inviting us to just come, especially if you, if you don't know or you're new to prayer, you're stuck in prayer, there's a simplicity to the way that he taught us. It's three little words Three little movements, and it, and it goes like this. God, us, God. Think about it, what, what Jesus did in that prayer. God, that's where he started, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then he brings it to us. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts. And then he brings it back out to God, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He starts with God. So what would that look like for you? If you're showing up and you just want to talk to God right as you are, right where you're at, can you start with something about God that he already knows to be true about himself? God, you are so kind. God, you're so patient with me. God, you're so forgiving. Start with God, acknowledging this is who I'm in relationship with. Then from there, you bring it into whatever's going on with you. God, you are. God, I am. Or God, we are. Whatever it is that's at the top of your mind, that's filling your heart in that moment, whatever that may be. God, I just, God, I'm just, my heart is so burdened all of these folks in Turkey or this earthquake, God, I just, so I'm bringing it to God. God, my heart breaks for these kids at MSU. I'm bringing it to God. God, I'm nervous about our daughter and her surgery. I bring it. Here's a good rule of thumb. If it's worth thinking about, if it's worth worrying about, if it's worth getting worked up over, if it's worth your time and your energy, it's worth praying about. It's worth praying about. If you're already going to be giving that stress, that getting worked up over it, why wouldn't you just bring that to God in prayer? I start with God. I bring whatever's going on in that now moment in my life to God, whether it's me, whether it's for someone else, and then I bring it back to God. And ultimately, I can say something like at the end, like, God, whatever may come, I trust you. God, you always know what's best. I'm reminding myself why I'm here. It's to be with God. God, thank you for making me new. See, how it's just a simple way. And if you're maybe new in prayer, stuck in prayer, what would it look like for you to pray, God, me, God, God, us, God? What would that begin to look like for you if you began to pray that prayer? Because beyond the, the, the how and the what and the how often of prayer, as much as those things matter, I just want to remind you ultimately what Jesus is teaching here, where it all started in this prayer. Ultimately, what matters most in prayer is not the way you pray, but why you are praying. 
Your why matters way more than your way. Your why in prayer, why you pray matters more than whatever it is, whatever way you pray. We just walk through a way to pray. But it's the heart behind it. It's why you are showing up. It's why you are choosing to seek God, to speak to God, to be with God, and why you continue to pour your heart out and why you continue to listen for God and why you continue to show up. Your why in prayer matters way more than your way. So whatever way it is, if you're worried about, that's what we get so hung up on. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm doing enough. Did I pray long enough? I don't know. I don't like to pray out loud. That's the way. Your why is what matters most. I'm here because I believe I'm in relationship with you, God. And I believe that you are here. You not only hear me, you're here and you care. And so your homework for this week is to just try that out. That God, us, God way of praying. To just maybe see if you can incorporate that into your everyday life. Maybe it's in the morning when you wake up, you set a little alarm or you write it on your mirror. God, me, God, God, us, God, whatever it is for you to to just have a simple way of praying. Or maybe while you're commuting to work, whether that's on a tollway or whether that's down the hallway from your bedroom to your family room, whatever your commute may look like, God, us, God. Or, Or maybe something to do at the end of the day as you're winding down your day and you can look back and say, God, I see you in this. God, this is what's on my heart and my head. But God, I trust you for this. That's our homework this week. Just to simply pray, to, uh, to pray simply and to simply pray. That's it. Don't overcomplicate it. And so I want to give us a head start in doing that actually right now. Um, I want us to practice that. So I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, if you're able to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're just going to do that. We're just going to do a God, us, God little prayer. I'm going to give you a prompt. I'm going to say God, and then you just tell God what he already knows to be true about himself. Just tell him. Whatever it is right now, God, I'm so grateful for this. God, I love that you are this. God, you are so this. Whatever it is, in your own words, don't worry about the way, just bring your why right now. And then I'll give you a prompt about you and then about God. Okay, does that make sense? So whatever posture of prayer you need to take, and I would just encourage you to start there. Start with God right now. What do you want to tell God that's true about who God is, about his character, about his consistency? Just tell him right now, in your own words, from your own heart, just tell God what you appreciate, what you love about him. And then I want you to think about us, think about me, think about maybe what's going on right now in your life. What's at the top of your mind? What's at the bottom of your heart? And can you just bring it, whatever it is? Maybe it's a need that you have. Maybe it's a sin that you need to confess. Maybe it's for someone else. Would you just say it? Don't hold back. Don't worry about getting it perfect. Just say it, say it, say it, say it. God, here's what's going on. Here's, what's, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm worked up about. Here's what I'm grateful for. Here's where I'm stuck. And now let's bring it back to God. And you can declare, this is more for you than it is for God, why you trust him, why you believe him, why you're grateful for him. Just bring it back to God to remind you that you're in a relationship with the God of the universe who not only hears you, but is here with you now. God, we do thank you that you you don't expect perfection from us. That was already achieved and established by your son, Jesus. You just expect us. You want us. You want us to bring ourselves to you in prayer. 
whether it's beautiful and poetic or whether it's just sloppy and messy, whether it has words or whether it even doesn't. God, thank you that that you meet us. God, thank you that you are patient with us. And so now, God, I ask that you would help us, help us to pursue relationship with you through our relationship with prayer, to uncomplicate it. And God, I believe as, as you do, that we will see you move in our lives maybe like never before. We'll be more aware of you, more attentive to you, more present to you. God, we need you. We need you, to, we need you to help us talk to you. We need you to help us pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And Lord, move through this time as we declare our dependence on you that we just do. We need you, we need you, we need you. And we're so grateful that you are so good. And it's in your name that we pray and sing. Amen.